0: Lights, camera, action.
1: Do you wonder how films are produced and what really goes on behind the scenes? Well, stand by. Filmmakers Kevin Mumphrey, Victoria V.A. Jones, and Carson Hyde Ferguson. Local filmmakers talking about the world of film. Right here on F*** It, we will fix it in post-podcast.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening, I thank you for doing so. I am Kevin Mumphrey, and this is it, we will fix it in post i uh, have my friends with me karsten hype ferguson yeah and victoria va jones what's going on today we have another guest today we have she's a indie producer and director from the memphis area who now has a new project currently called election 2020 i introduce you all to flo gibbs how are you doing today
3: i'm
0: doing good thank you guys for having me
2: it is a pleasure. So first, I want to ask you, what got you into the world of film?
0: Oh, wow. What got me into the world of film? Um, my passion for acting uh, really is what really got me to really indulge to the world of film. Um, before film, it was staged. Um, and I did that for some time. Um, and then I went off into, uh disappeared into the music scene for about a decade and had a recording studio and was uh, a sound engineer, audio engineer. Um, and so I, I came back and, um, and, and, and jumped right back in with uh, a documentary uh, that we released probably back in, I believe, 2016, entitled Mentality Girls Like Us. Uh, so it was just my passion. My passion for, for acting um, is, is what really got me uh, back into this thing.
2: So what was it about acting that you love so much that made you want to do it professionally?
0: Man, I remember I was like in the third grade, and um, I can't remember exactly what this, uh, this play was about, but um, I was Priscilla, and I remember I was a pumpkin in the pumpkin patch. I do remember that. And it was the first time I ever hit stage, ever. Uh, it was just a little small school play, and uh, I had a few speaking parts in it. And once I actually went through this thing, and I, you know, we had rehearsed it a million times. But when the parents and and all the people that you know we invited to actually come out and see this thing, it was it was just a different thing. It was it kind of felt like home. Uh, it kind of felt like oh wow, this is this is what I want to do. But you know, I had always kind of knew that um in a sense just from watching television like. Oh, you know, I want to be one of those people that I see on TV, and so you know that was at a very young age. And so then, third great happens, that play happens, and it it, it it was it was like wow, is this it? Like yeah, I can definitely do this. And so I continued on, man, all the way up into college.
2: So when you did your uh, your first when you played Priscilla when you was first on stage, like were you nervous? or like overwhelmed or anything or what or did it feel natural?
0: It felt natural, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, Kevin. It really felt natural. Um it it was um a bit different than I thought. Um but it felt natural. And of course, I like, you know, I liked the attention at the time. Um and so it was it just felt natural. It felt like it was it was it wasn't one of those things where I was nervous or I didn't want you know, there were some kids that were crying or they were saying their <laughs> lines and, and and I remember one I, I swear to God, I remember one kid actually like peeing <laughs> like oh holding one of his pants wet. <laughs> man, that was lit I right there I do remember that It's <laughs> like a scene from a yeah. movie
4: for
3: real uh, right man.
0: there <laughs> <laughs> And I I remember that and uh he, he did not like that at all but it was it was a good thing. And I think it really opened me up to other possibilities and then uh, went on into middle school. And then we had something called Neighborhood Playwrights. And we uh, did a film. Um, now that I actually think back, it was, it was actually kind of weird, It was like about slavery or something. Uh, so to, so I went to a predominantly white school. It wasn't many uh, people of color. Um, at that school but yeah i remember playing in that and uh i was going to acting school to a careless finishing academy uh and she was my acting coach she's actually still here and she's still doing that same thing right now
2: so at what like at when, when you're around a, a bunch of other kids who seem nervous did it kind of give you like a confidence boost like oh yeah i can do this
0: I didn't understand, <laughs> so you know I, I didn't understand. I was like, "Wow, no, this is." It's, and I think for me at that time, you know, it's like we've done this like five or six times in a week. We would we would rehearse this thing for at least, I mean, maybe two weeks, three weeks. And so when the people came, I mean, they were fine. Everybody was fine, right? And then it wasn't until the night where like our parents and people came to see it. Where people kind of like started freaking out, but to me it was just like we've done this so many times. <laughs> like how do? You oh, up?
1: oh, it's because all the eyeballs.
0: Right, and I, that's what it was. It's kind of like that, you know, fish being looked at in glass, you know. So it was, it was kind of that thing for some of them. But I mean, there was me and a couple others that you know um, I remember uh, going to acting school with and and uh, auditioning for different parts, like after that. And that was kind of a jump off for,
2: for a couple of us. Okay, so as far as like, were you always good at like remembering lines?
0: Wow, was I always good at remembering lines? Yes and no. So I kind of like, to, I perform best under pressure or at least I think I do. And um, you know, I can remember so many times when man, like it would be two or three days before I would cram all my lines and I would, it would, it worked that way for me. I would just cram them. You know, um, we would have a lot of table reads and rehearsals and dress rehearsals and stuff like that. And I never do the lines. And it would only be about two or three days before, (laughs) like (laughs) where I actually had to know the lines and, uh, and I would get it every time man. I would get it every time. And then I went on in high school and, uh, participated uh in the Tennessee high school speech and debate uh legend or Lee where um you do after gender speaking and dramatic interpretation and solo acting and I did that for quite some time and uh I remember going to a small private school very small private school and um, I remember us going against Overton and Germantown those were the two schools that was really hard to beat here and I was the only person in my school at that time I actually had to convince one of the teachers to actually you know hey i need <laughs> an adult and i in order for me to be able to enter into these competitions and so the school i was going to at the time they didn't have any theater class or whatnot and so i had to convince the teacher uh and um to get him to be involved or whatever so he could like sign off on everything and he was like yeah whatever i'll do it and i ended up winning <laughs> first place in the district man and uh and i beat overton high school they had like about 50 Fifty folks. the the every last one of them. All of Germantown, uh, and I placed number one here in Memphis for two consecutive years. Uh, top twenty-five in Tennessee. Um, it was yeah, and that was that's when I was like, okay. And so then my dad, he started really like investing um, in in my craft, and he would take me all over for auditions. I would go to New Orleans, and I would go to L.A. And it was it was a journey, for sure.
2: So your parents were sure. always supportive of what you wanted to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No matter what it was, you know, if it was the piano or softball or soccer or basketball or acting, they were always supportive of my dad. was like my biggest cheerleader, uh, especially with acting, um, you know, I would go out, do a couple of auditions and he would be like, okay, where are we going next? And so that was one thing that I really, Uh, admired about him is making sure that he supported me and the cost (laughs) came along with supporting that um as well you know and so yeah I was really lucky I can't complain about any of that
2: Mm. definitely can't that's dope so when you would audition for when you were a child and auditioning do you kind of remember any of these auditions at all
0: wow yeah I actually do remember quite a few of them um wow. Yeah. I I remember quite a few of them. Uh, and I, I would either get the part or my dad didn't want me to want me to test that particular part. There was a a film that was actually here where it was a young black girl and she would, uh, get, uh, sexually assaulted by Mm -hmm. a couple of grown white men. And my dad was like, no, you're absolutely. And I, and I got cast, like I went out and did the audition and I wasn't really aware of what I was really (laughs) auditioning for. I just remember my agent saying, you need to be there. <laughs> and so my dad <laughs> went with me, and I was just like, what? So, you know, I read the lines, and, you know, I, I kind of had to do the through lining, and uh, I did it. I got cast for the part, and I remember he was like, ah, you're not going to you're not gonna do that part. You, you, nope, you're not going to do it. So, you know, and I, so that was, that was the one that I remember the most. Um, but then there was a few of them that I actually got, and I actually wanted, and
2: Yeah, it was cool, for sure. So, what films were you watching growing up? Wow. I wouldn't necessarily say
0: film more than I would say, like, television, right? Um, Mo'esha was, like, my favorite uh, TV show. (laughs) And I was obsessed with Brandy, like, when I say obsessed, it was, I don't know what was going on through I, my mind look, I ain't as a king but I was obsessed with Brandy and everything affiliated with Moesha. My punishment was to take my television so I could not watch Moesha.
4: Oh, man. Okay? man. This, this
0: I, how, that's, how, that's how bad this thing was. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I wanted, <laughs> so, to be, I wanted to be down. For real. For
3: real. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was just such a huge inspiration. And, um. Man, I still I watch still watch Moesha now and I think back to those times like, oh my God, like like that was such a huge inspiration. She was young, she was black, and it was one of those shows that, you know, that I kinda like grew up with. You know what I mean? I felt like I grew up with
4: you know, right. Moesha. There was, that was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of yeah. a um, great girls who were, you know, black females who were older. I Moesha was one of, you know, one of my favorites, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of yeah. black females like, who who looked up to this show, who watched this show faithfully, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And who were like, it, it, that was their thing, you know? Yeah. So Yeah,
0: and not even just Brandy. I mean, Countess Vaughn and and Star Jackson, just like seeing them, you right. know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, Shirley Ralph, just seeing her. It, it was kind of like the Cosby for my time. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah I can like, see that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, absolutely. So with you being a, do you, do you, watch, you watch, you say you watch it now? you can still kind of watch. Yeah. It.
0: Yeah. I go on binge watches every now and again, <laughs> so, but, you <laughs> go being,
2: on but you being a director, like, can you still watch it and be nostalgic or are you, are you looking at it in detail? Like, is it harder to watch now?
0: Some of my favorite stuff, um, I just watch it based off of this, my admiration for whoever I'm watching or the purpose of me watching it. Like, um, you know, uh, Steve Jobs is a really big inspiration for me. And so the other day I was watching Jobs and for the thousandth time. The Social Network is another movie that, that I really like. And so I watched those movies because those people, um, they were gifted, you know what I mean? In a way uh, where most people didn't really understand at that time. Um, and so when I watch those movies, it's really hard for me to critique them or to watch them other than just a fan, to be honest. And so I would say that would be the same with Malisha. It's like it's hard for me to watch it any other way than my love for Brandy. My love for you know, for me when I watch Malisha, it's like I'm going back down memory lane. That right. Sense.
1: You know, like right. Uh, well, my bad for stepping on you, but um, the social no, ne- the the social network is a technically sound movie, like top to bottom, it like is. from script to dialogue. Yeah. I, I'm a big yes. I like I like a lot of Aaron Sorkin stuff. And um yes. and then um what's the director uh uh wait well, Aaron Sorkin was the writer right and then director was um
0: about for the Social Network yeah yes. for the
1: Social Network I, I
0: believe so yeah oh,
1: man what was it was the writer's name then I like either way they they teamed up very very well together I I, I watched a bunch of like um uh, those uh. Those uh, digital commentaries on them and mm-hmm. all the detail mm-hmm. that goes into that. It's crazy how much detail goes
2: in that. And then you, you're scripting out mm-hmm. how um, uh, the guy who runs Facebook, I keep forgetting his name. Zuckerberg. So, so Zuckerberg, you're scripting out dialogue and how he talks. He doesn't talk like an everyday person. No, mm-hmm. so,
0: no not at all.
2: Not so at you all. Know, man, that like, is
0: right. I mean And that's the same thing with jobs, right? So, you know, that's the same thing with jobs. It, it's kind of, it kind of has that same vibe as the social network in so many different
2: ways. So definitely, I've seen the social network, but I haven't yet to see. I, was, I, was seen like,
1: jobs. I can't remember which one jobs was. because You got
0: it. You got it. I, I, I can't
1: remember which one that was like, cause I, I watched one a long time ago and it was like uh talking about Steve jobs and I was always fascinated with it, his, his story anyway. Like um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the audio book was crazy. Like his,
0: See, I haven't his, I haven't I haven't yeah, oh, it, it's me, oh.
1: long. It's very long. But it's it's crazy. I know one point in time they were talking about like I think he was like maybe ten and him and mm-hmm. him and his dad were like doing something and it was like a one of those crazy realization moments and him and his dad looked at each other and he was like, it's that moment where he knew he was smarter than his father. Yeah, That's
3: cause, crazy. Cause, you know, yeah, I would
0: love to see that. Because like the this. movie kind of starts off with him as an adult, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, finding his way and, and you know, in college is where, where it really starts.
1: I, I think it's really, really interesting to see how people take certain things from history and don't mm-hmm. actually understand and they think, oh, this is it. Like, people didn't know why he was a-hole. Well, a lot of people that are right, super, super right. smart... They, they, they're they maybe not as inclined to be, you know, in touch with their feelings. So they don't necessarily mm-hmm, have mm-hmm, all the empathy mm-hmm. that, you know, a regular person would have or whatever or understand. It took them basically mm-hmm, his whole life mm-hmm. to, you know, glean what other people felt.
4: Oh, that's understandable. So that's what's wrong with me, huh? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess
2: we're going to keep that. Though,
3: Kevin.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you said what now?
2: I guess we're keeping that since she said it.
4: Say like, what? <laughs> but, I mean, people say I'm an ass, so I don't see it. You know what I'm saying? I don't see it. Well, so, well, uh, since we
2: since we're, we're bringing all out in the open,
4: you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean,
2: you're like, a lovable one, but
1: <laughs> you know what, man? Like people people want people to be what, what's quote unquote polite, and not like, and they don't respect direct people
0: or relatable or relatable. Like people yeah. want to relate. Like when you're watching your favorite show or your favorite film, like. Whether you know it or not, subconsciously you're, you're looking for like who's the most relatable person to you.
1: Yeah, and, and sometimes, sometimes the a-hole is the most relatable person. <laughs> <laughs> how, how Vince Vaughn make all this money? Because <laughs> like I, I, I ain't like none of them
2: character, them early characters. But like people, because people up north are a lot more direct than people than southerners. So because mm, mm-hmm, usually pe- mm-hmm. people I know in New York, they're very direct. And when you're yeah, not, yeah. It it throws them off. So
1: yeah, I mean like, but you, yeah. you you can you can be polite without being too, you know, unrealistic, I guess. Like is what I'm saying. Like it gets to the point where people are being so quote unquote polite to where they're mm-hmm. like they're not actually being accurate at the point in time.
2: That was come off as fake.
0: And yeah. it's not realistic. Yeah. It's not real, yeah. right? right? It comes off you yeah.
1: yeah, and, and I'm like, be like,
0: be like, hey man, I like those
4: shoes. Like there you No you don't. No, you don't. I, was like, I, don't like the, I don't like these
0: shoes. So flow, hey, you know, it's it's also one of those things too, man. Where it's like, uh, you know, people say, you know, how are you doing? Or I hope you have a good day. You know, do people really hope you have a good day? Nope. And like, do they really care how you're doing? Because like, if you're doing like shit, and you're like, you know, on the elevator, and it's like, how, how's they going? You know, they you just say it's go, it's going well, it's going good because we're just a program for that man right
1: you know i had, I had to stop that in, in 2010 like i actually really? I, 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 had a, I had a conversation with a guy and there was a dude he stopped he stopped me in the hallway or whatever after i asked him how he's doing and he really wanted uh-huh. to talk and i ain't had enough oh yeah, yeah yeah and then i, yeah. I walked away because i was like in a rush and i was like man i feel like I, had. <laughs> I, I like really like and it was like you know I I, I I said you know what you know what i have to anytime i ask a question I had to be ready, willing, and able to have a conversation after that. So, I don't ask mm-hmm. that question no more. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if mm. I don't have no time. i will be like, hello. yeah, I, hello.
0: yeah I'm going to I'm gonna have to start doing that. Because <laughs> like, for me, you know, it's kind of like, and then I also, you know, like, I guess you would say my day job is local government. And so, it's just kind of like, one of those things that you kind of get accustomed to saying, you know, you have a lot of elevator rides and with a lot of folks and you know how you doing is one of those things it's one of those small talk moments that we really need to kind of look at to see like do you really care you know do you really have time
3: <laughs> and, and, and you know
0: and if, I,
1: if, if I don't have the time if I really don't care I don't ask that question because you open up Pandora's box with some people because especially now you got people that mostly throw up on you right? Oh, I was exactly. Waiting.
2: I was waiting see that happened to me Wait a
0: minute, Go back and, what did you say Kevin you said you have people mostly doing what now
2: you no, know i saying that that happened to me once. So my rule is, I don't say how you doing unless I know you. Like I'm gonna sit and stop because I've I've said to somebody while I was like at an internship, and he went, "Oh, I'm so glad someone asked."
4: I went, "Say shit. what? No?
2: Yeah. Like, oh shit, yeah, I'm in you, a you, trap." That's
4: when you make up an excuse. Yeah, He's about
2: to unload on you. He, he talked what do you mean
4: we ain't make up an excuse meaning meaning like if you know if you don't know this person you know what i'm saying and you really ain't get, got the time and you really just don't care i'm gonna make an excuse up i'm gonna let you talk for like a little bit
3: and then my next my next
4: thing will be oh, okay for real well you know what i think it's time for me i gotta go do this or i gotta you know take I'm my saying? sleeping medicine <laughs> I ain't gonna say that, but you know, you make up something to get out of the conversation because, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. You don't, you don't really, you just don't want to hear all that. And if, if you can't think well, of a lot My just... job,
0: y'all, almost 40 hours a week is, is, you know,
4: I, I'm a counselor or therapist.
0: And so, you know, uh, yeah, I listen to people's problems for a living. <laughs> so, you know, I, but yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. You want to do It's that not that I don't care outside of that. But, like, I need self-care in a break from it. me. You understand right.
3: what I'm
2: saying? Right. Uh, then when, you when not want to hear that at Saturday at 3 in the afternoon. <laughs>
1: nah. oh, no. Hold on. You're in a grocery store or whatever it one,
0: is. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> I don't.
1: You're in a grocery store, you know, trying to you look at the chips and somebody just start having a random conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, oh, man. Like, we'll oh, just God, stare
2: awkwardly at them. Yeah.
3: That's not going to work.
2: It has worked amazingly for me. Oh my God. But maybe being a six-foot ball the black man helps. I don't know. No, nah, because
4: they're scared of you.
2: Good, uh, good. No, nah,
1: like cause I, I would I would go out dressed bummy. I had my hat all like low, looking like I'm about to take something for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'd be looking like an old lady like come up and just start talking to me, and you'd be like, man, I would crack. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I, was like, man, I was like,
3: man,
1: I was like, man, I cannot. It's like, and it was like, it was always like, like these three ladies, like one be like a little old Puerto Rican lady, one be like an old white lady, and one be like an old black uh-huh. lady, be like my grandma. And they'd be like, hey, how you doing, young man? And then the little Puerto Rican lady with her, her accent, she's like, oh, I was like, I was like. Really? That was the accent? No, no, nah, that was his <laughs> definition of the accent. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go all into it, man. Like people cancel me, man. People cancel me out here.
2: Yeah. I'll be out in these streets. Sound like you bleeped yourself. So thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to work about that. So float. Like, well, what made you go from being on being one to be on front of the camera to going behind the camera? Yo. Know,
0: so, okay. So, I'm I'm in high school. I have graduated. I've gotten accepted to UCLA on scholarship for acting. Okay. And Pepperdine University, okay? And my whole dream is as soon as I graduate, I'm going to move to L.A. and that's where I'm going to be at. So my mom, my dad take me out there, find me an apartment and everything, right? I'm 17 years old. I come back to Memphis. I'm packing up. I'm packing. I'm taking everything. My brandy posters down. I'm taking taking, it. I'm like, okay i'm finally going to la like this is about to happen for me and my mom has a breakdown it's just like you know that city's too big you're too young and so here was the trade-off what can we do to keep you here right what can we do to keep you here and so my dad was you know no let her go and spread her wings blah 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 my mom's like no let's see what we can do to keep her here And so uh, both of my my parents are also real estate investors. And so they had a property um, that had been sitting for some years. And uh, around that same time, that summer, I had met a couple of folks that um, were road managers and um, that were doing a lot of stuff with like music and hip hop. And it was interesting. And so I kind of indulged in that for the summer. And I was like, you know what? Hey, I want to open up a recording studio. If you want me to stay. I want to open up a recording studio, and I want to do it at this property. And my dad was like, deal. And so I ended up staying here, and, like, he invested in that business for me. And I ended up going to uh, the HBCU, on College, and that's where I graduated uh, from. And so I had left acting alone completely, right? I had just completely because I felt like I had done. You know how you kind of feel like you outgrow the space?
4: Yeah, And
0: it wasn't that I had outgrown Memphis, but I felt like where I wanted to be, I couldn't get there and, and, and necessarily uh, where Memphis was at and where I was at at that time. Um, and so, I, you know, whatever, you know, I go to school and I did that and I opened up the recording studio and I ended up staying uh, and doing that for 10 years. Um, and then I closed it down like in 20, I want to say 15, 2015, 2016, around that time. Uh, and then it was around what time did I meet you uh, VA you had just graduated college matter of fact yeah it was about um 2012
4: 2013 probably
0: yeah it was like 2012 2013 yeah so I graduate Lemoine that's 2009 I go to grad school I graduate UT UTK um that's 2011 and so I'm done with school right so now that thing that was that you know that desire was like, okay, I need to get back into this some kind of way. And so um, I had been thinking about a documentary, uh, just a concept and an idea for some time. And I think I actually met VA. Uh, she had posted. I, don't, I think we met on Facebook, right? I, I think
4: Facebook, so. Right? I, th- I yeah, think yeah, we, so. <laughs> the social
0: network. Yeah, we met on Facebook. The, the social she network. Yeah, the social network, right. <laughs> so she posted something or another. And uh, I think I went to her page or whatever, and I was like, you know, hey, it was an idea for a documentary I had had for at least maybe a year. And um, turns out she was had either just graduated or was about to graduate. Um, yeah, something and like that. she was like, yep. Yeah. yeah, it was something like that. And uh, she was like, let's do it. And that was it. And that's what we did. <laughs> it was just, let's do it. And um, so that was the story. And how that story really. Begun, and it was. I was really inspired by a small city, um, Mariana, Arkansas. So I graduate grad school. My first job is to uh, take over a clinic in Mariana, Arkansas, where the population is about 5,000. Okay, and it's Mariana, not Mariana, two different places. So Mariana is about two hours away. And so the, the pay was like unbelievable. And I was like, damn, you know, do I really want to drive two hours to work? I think I will for this sake. And so I went there and it was just such a, it was kind of like Andy kind Like that's what it felt like. Mm. Uh, and I went down there and I'm a lesbian and I'm a masculine female, you know? And so right off, I could tell that these people weren't really used to seeing that. Because I, you know, when you see me, you're like, okay, this is not a feminine girl. And so, um, you know, these people weren't really used to seeing that. And so I'm like chasing down my clients because they don't have phones. So you have to roll up at the house and do all these different things. And I remember going to the high school and um, I walked by a group of of, like teenage boys. uh, And one of them said underneath their breath,
3: Is that a girl?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a girl? I was like, damn, I don't, you know, like, I don't look like a dude, dude. doo-doo, do I, you know? And so uh, I actually went back and kind of like engaged in that conversation with them. I was like, I heard what you said. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and they just kind of looked at me and I was like, yeah, I heard what you said. Yeah, I am a girl. And they was like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You didn't mean anything by it. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And so that happened one time. And then the next time it happened, same school, I go to the school because I I would go to the school so I could try to, like, if the kids, you know, were really disruptive at school, if I had a client that was a child and I would go to talk to the teachers to see if I could get them in the treatment plan and get them involved in the kids' treatment plan. And that's why I was there at the school. And then some some other kid was like, "Uh, sir, what? (laughs) 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 And, And at that time... I was also at that time I had just done the big top and I had started my lock journey. Um, and so my hair was short. Um, and so, you know, it was like little small locks and I was okay, okay, okay. You know? And so I was like, man, these people, you know, are there not any lesbians or any LGBT folks around here? And if, if it was, I don't think I ever seen them. like not once. Okay. And so I was like, okay, yep, yeah, this crazy. Uh, let me get from this. 80, oh well, we're really at that point. I was speeding because it's a two-hour drive there and a two-hour drive back. And I get pulled over by the cops, and um, you know they were pretty polite or whatnot. And so I went to pay the ticket because it was like a little small courthouse. I go in with my credit card, and they tell me, you know, um, no, you have to pay cash. So I'm like, okay, cool. I go to the ATM. You know, and I know exactly it's only one ATM in the entire town. I don't know exactly where it's at, it's at a gas station. And um and so I, I go I go there. Well, I, I tried to attempt to go there. And they and they said, Oh no, you can't leave here until you pay. I'm like, Well, I can't pay you until I can get to the ATM and so like they didn't, like put me in jail, but it was kinda like a little holding place and I was just like, Okay, gotta get the hell out of this place oh, And I was just like, shit. Yeah, these people are really weird. Uh <laughs> I gotta get the hell out of the place. I, I quit like a week later or whatnot. But man, that's towns. when I was like, let me do small town. I mean small town. It's uh by I think it's uh Houston, Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. But you but you know, yeah,
3: the
1: small town dynamics is crazy anyway. they be like hey, man, you know, especially you being an
2: outsider. Like that alone man,
1: that alone gets yeah.
2: you. and they find out you're from yeah. what they consider a big city. So, sometimes, yeah, yeah sometimes, especially when they see
0: those they tags you, on your car. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. They, they be trying to hit you up for little fees and stuff like that because they're be like, oh, they they passing through. We gonna get that little money.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was my breaking point, and um, I wanted to tell the story without being. So your question was, how did I end up behind? So I wanted to tell the story, but I had no interest anymore uh, in being in front of the camera, and so I said, well, let me tell a few people's stories and let's make this a bit interesting and um, you know let's tell it from the perspective of um, a lesbian a stud, so to speak that has a child or maybe uh, someone that's transitioning from female to male or maybe someone that is uh, Asian and so that's what I did so I got uh, three women and one trans man and we told the story and it took us mm-hmm. how long
3: like at
4: least Uh, a year and a half yeah it it took us a probably a year you know what i'm saying to to, you know get all the footage and everything else and and you got to keep in mind us going on those uh, lovely adventures with some of those people Um, (laughs) yeah we had some fun you know
2: so like how did you go about finding the people you wanted to use for your documentary
0: Social media. Social media. At that time, I had checked out, you know, from the whole acting and the whole thing. And so um, I said, you know what, I'm going to make a post. Um, Let's see what happens. And it turns out that from that post, I didn't necessarily find, like, those people didn't contact me directly, but it was people that knew them. Right. It was like, hey, you know, I know this, this girl named Ashley. Now she is turning into a he and going by Ashton. And oh, you know, and then it was one of my good friends, is uh, how we found Kita, uh, she would cut Kita's hair. And um, yeah, and so, you know, Kita's agent. So she was like, yeah, 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 if I want to do it. I called them up. They was like, yeah, let's roll. And um, it was at that point in time, I kind of just really wanted to interview them and see if they would be interesting, like enough to even like, talk about for. I mean, because the documentary ended up being like three hours long um, And when it got picked up in the ending Memphis um, Film Fest, you know, they was like, listen, we love this, but we can't do three hours. <laughs> and I think we shaved it off until like an hour and a half. So there's two different versions for it. So there's the film fest version and then the original version. Um, but yeah, so we got in, interviewed them, we just kind of got it a bit of their history, their background, their life? Do they have an interesting story to tell? Like everybody has a story, but is it isn't interesting? You know what I mean? Um, and I thought it was really cool to tell it from these different angles. Um, so you're not just meeting one person and assuming that, you know, all of these women that share this experience are the same. You get to hear these people that are having these similar experiences that come from different places and are part of different cultures. And I thought that was the interesting thing about it. And so we named it Mentality. Um, Based off the fact that um, sometimes masculine lesbians kind of have that thing where people assume that they want to be men or um, trying to be a man, that type of thing. It's it's one of those things. And so I named it Mentality, um, just so we could have a voice of what our mentality is and where we're coming from. And that's not necessarily true with all of us.
2: So once you found the people you wanted to use for your doc, so um, like how did you go about, since this was being like your first documentary, as far as outlining like what you was going to shoot, how much of their lives you planned on getting, and details like that?
0: Uh, I started off with just a phone conversation with each one of them because, like I said, I didn't know if they were interesting enough. And I was like, what do you do day to day? Um, You know, um, what do you like to do? okay well you you have a haircut so how often do you forget your haircut just little things like that just to kind of see like where can we go shoot this stuff right um and one of them was uh, an entertainer or a female stripper so to speak and so i knew that she would be interesting if we could get some of her shows and stuff um then she also indulged in drugs that's a whole other, that's a whole other boat.
4: Wait a minute, let's let's stop right there. Be, you gotta you gotta tell him. You gotta I tell him, man. You mean, gotta tell em. I mean listen. Please okay. please go. <laughs> please do. Uh <laughs> you know you've never seen people like do hard drugs unless you've seen it in the movies, right? Like a regular, you know, day to day life. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You might have seen that, but like a regular day to day, I've never seen somebody do it. Let's right. just put it that I, I had, I had, it, I had even like it, it will, yeah. it will flip you out. Okay, okay, but me personally, and Flo, we've never seen that personally in person. I know people who've done it. I've, you know, I've seen people on it. it like so it's
2: kind of like the uh, Cat Williams skit when it goes like they're just sniffing cocaine while having a meeting, like. Man,
4: I'm right in yes, front
2: of
0: you. like literally. Right. Yes. Yes. And we didn't know. And we didn't know. See, I mean, the thing about it is, like, we were filming this thing. Like, we knew, you know. Okay. Well, um, you know, Keto wants us wants to meet at the studio, and we're going to talk about her. Um, you know, her family moving from Laos to America, right? And 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 how she is received or rejected by her family. Like, we knew. Okay, we didn't really know the story. Like we had questions, right? Like we're having this interview now. You don't know what I'm gonna say, but you have an idea, right? right. And so it's pretty much the same way. We were we walked into a situation at some apartments, and like they signed uh, the the um, the release forms or whatnot, you know. And then after they did that, they we kind like, of pretty oh, it's much it's like it's okay, it's a
1: celebration.
0: <laughs> it's a celebration after you signed release forms. <laughs> Oh, it was, goodness. I don't know what the hell was going on, man. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I never seen it in my life. And so when I saw it, it and, and the crazy thing about it is she talked about it, but she never said, come on over, I'm going to actually do this on, right. you know, on, on film, right? And then a couple of them, like, later on, because there was friends that, that, you know, were doing it with her, you know, a couple of them, like, months later, you know, was like, hey, you know, can you, like, you know, I know I signed a release form, but you know, I was kind of like not really thinking, and I really have a job type thing. <laughs> so, out of respect for that, and like I could respect that, but, you know, I didn't show them. But uh, Yellow Man definitely was, yeah,
4: yeah. And it was a thing was of you white. know, w- when I walked in, like I saw it on the counter, and I'm like, I know that's not what I think it is, and I'm, mm-hmm. then I'm thinking. <laughs> Oh, they probably already did it. So I ain't gotta worry about it. They is probably Why? in the system. And they they say, already Surprise. did it. <laughs> so if you watch the documentary, there's there's a one part where literally she's <laughs> she's you know, she takes a I don't know if it was a dollar bill, it was some money. It was it was a dollar bill. Puts it in the money, folds, folds it over, does whatever she's doing, open it, opens it back up. She either had her ID or her credit card. I'm not quite. Can't remember. Uh huh. It was our ID. Yeah, she lined it up. It was like in the movie, and I'm like, and threw up a thumbs up at the end. Yeah, like, threw up a thumbs up.
2: Why well,
4: she sn- she sniffs it? Puts
2: oh, there ain't no props here. It,
4: you know what I'm saying? And I'm like,
2: <laughs> this ain't, okay. ain't flower
4: <laughs> <laughs> But here's the
0: thing: is like I know her, right? And like at that time, well, I don't really know her anymore now than I did then. But I knew somewhat of her at that time and i didn't have any idea you know and so it was one of those things i'm like hmm okay wow that's different that's real different i didn't know you were gonna do that (laughs) you know but then when you talk to her like beyond that and even before that it's just like she's really functioning right so in my mind i'm thinking like okay these people aren't functioning that you know do this And, you know, like, that you can tell they're high. Right. Uh, And she had said that she had been high on several encounters with us, but I never could tell. I never could tell. And I only think the reason we knew then, Va, was because she had actually done it. We saw her do it. Plus, they were, like, smoking and drinking. So they had, you know, a a few things going on at the same time. But, I mean, she's a cool person. You know, she's she's an entertainer. She's a performer. I think she lives out in Dallas now. And she travels everywhere uh performing and dancing. Yeah, and she's married. Yeah. As well too. She got married in the middle of this thing.
1: Life of the party, huh?
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, life of the party. Yeah. But and she was the only one that had that story. You know, and then there was um Liz the survivor who had been a survivor of uh rape all her life, you know, and um her mother one thing I really liked about Liz's story was one of my favorite stories because I it was like I could feel it, you know what I mean? Like I could I I felt like I knew Liz through like it was something about her eyes and the way she would tell her story and her experiences. I think there was like a time or two. Um, I don't know, B.A. I don't know, VA or Mitchell. I think she she teared up one time too, but I know I did for sure. I probably <laughs> did. I probably did. Yeah, man. Yeah, she she you know had. Had a child that was a product of rape. Uh, didn't know who the father was. Um, she also had a drug problem. And um, she also had some mental health issues as well. Um, but she was also a musician. Um, she was a she good also, musician,
4: uh, though. Like, she was a
0: damn good musician. Yes, yeah, she was. Really yeah, And good. she played uh, football. You know, she played football. That was interesting. We went out to her gang and, and, and uh, interviewed her coach and um that was yeah she you know and since then you know um she's had another child and i believe that child might also well i'm not going to speak on that because i don't know yeah i don't know about that child so but she she suffered a lot and for her to still be going and and still thriving was just like you know who am i to complain about anything right that's how i I felt about lizzie g Uh, And that's what we we said, Lizzie D, the survivor. That's what we gave her. And then um, the one we were just talking about with the drug use is Yellow Man, um, the entertainer. And uh, we had Tita, Asian Persuasion, uh, and then Ashton, the trans man. Uh, And that was also an interesting story because we caught Ashton as Ashley or just turning into Ashton um, or transitioning into Ashton. And a lot of what we're seeing now was like the trans community um like back then wasn't as popping. I wouldn't I'm not gonna say popping, but it wasn't as um Yeah, you know, like we weren't talking about it out, you know, in the public as we are now. And so to see that then, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm learning, you know, as being the L in the LGBT community, I didn't know half of the stuff that I learned just from my Ashton's story and her getting, you know, uh, top and bottom surgery and what she went through and, you know, um, she came from a, a family that appeared to be well off and she went to private schools and, you know, that whole thing. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. It, I, sometimes I go back and I look and um, see what these people are doing now. I think Keita, she's now moved to New York and I think Ashton is maybe in North or South Carolina now. Everybody's moved now that I think about it, but except for Lizzie G. She's yeah. still here. Yeah. yeah. And she got locked up a couple of times in the middle of the documentary, mm. which is crazy. <laughs> and so we would have to wait for her to uh, to return. And um, she had a couple of, of manic episodes, if I can remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then we wanted to try to see if we could go inside of a Dale East film and it was just so much red tape to go through to get there. And so, you know, at at that time, it's like, you know, I don't have that much experience. Um, and I'm even now still learning, you know what I mean? But at that time, definitely, I didn't have that much experience on like, okay, how do we get through all of this red tape? And by the time we would get through it, she would be released anyway. So we just kind of like waited it out.
2: So from, like as far as just the shooting aspect. so how long did that take you all?
0: Uh,
4: how about you? Yeah.
0: what you say? What, what you say? Yeah, you answer that one.
4: I'm be real with you I, I It might have been a year. I'm not. For, I'm not for certain. Like how long? I just. I just remember. You know, you saying, "Hey, we got this day to shoot. All right, cool. Where I need to meet you at. That. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how we worked. Like we vibed that whole project. It was let's see, so, uh, of course, VA was VP, and then um, we also had Network, which was a camera operator on it as well, and so it would be pretty much like, because their schedules were really crazy, and you know, the thing was, we were fighting to try to get them all at one place at the same time, and we never could. It would always be a reason we couldn't do that, like, all four of them at the same time, and so that's the only thing I, like, I regret is, like, trying to at least try to get them all at the same place at the same time at least just for a photo you know what i mean yeah um or group discussion and we never we never did get that it was one was locked up or this one was going out of town to perform or work for this one um and then we had two other um i don't know if we call them extras but um a good friend of mine mickey who told her story of being in a family of jehovah witnesses that she was a lesbian and then we also uh had uh what what's her name? The girl, the white girl that
4: rapped? Uh yeah, Tori who did. Yeah,
0: that yeah, her. So yeah. So we we told a bit of her story as well too.
2: So it with shooting this, when like at what point did you go, okay, this is the a stopping point?
4: No, we shot we too, we thought we had enough, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. And actually, we had you know. more than, we had more than enough. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> you sure ain't lying me. So
2: by the time, had, time y'all was time, done, y'all, time,
4: y'all went. We had a lot to choose from. <laughs> and the thing was, like, honestly, for me, even though we shot that long months or whatever, to me, it didn't seem like we shot that long. Mm-mm. 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 You know what I'm saying? Because we're telling four individual stories. Yeah. and that I think that's what
0: really made it seem like to kind of break up the monogamy was like, okay, we're going to shoot Ashton. Today is Monday. We're going to shoot Ashton. And then we might not shoot anything else for, like, a, another week and a half. And it might be Tita this time. Right. You know, and so that lasts for, like, to me, it lasts maybe just a bit over a year. And then it took about that much time for me to actually like really go through all of the footage and to, um, figure out like how we're going to actually tell the stories. Because there was at one point in time, I said, you know what, we're going to do this in parts because we had so much and we'll do this. Like, you know, we're going to release 30 minutes of this. And then we'll come back and like, just kind of like a show, you know? And I was like, nah, let's not do it that way. Let's keep it the way that we had it. Um, and it turned out to be a three hour long, uh, and it could have been longer, but I was three hour mark was already too long. But, um, we touched so many people, man, like all over the world. Like I still have people that hit me up now, like from all over this country and other countries, um, from Africa and everywhere It's just like, you know, this helped them break through where they were able to show a family member how they felt through this, you know, through this documentary. Um, and so it's been embraced and it's, it's awesome, you know, and then, um, Memphis, uh, Indy Memphis Film Fest, they picked it up right when we finished it, actually. Um, in 2016, I got a call and they said, Hey, you know, love it, but it's too long, you know, shave off an hour and a half of this thing. And then out Memphis Film Festival, um, also was interested at the same time. And so I think at that time I came, uh, to, uh, to victoria was like listen va we got to figure out like do we go in memphis or do we do out memphis and i didn't necessarily think that i we should choose out memphis based on the fact that you know it's an lgbt organization you know what i mean i didn't feel like just because it was that i knew that it would probably be embraced a different way but the fact that ending memphis is not i felt like we could read
4: a, lot more a whole people.
0: different audience yeah a different audience and maybe change or influence some of their perspectives where out Memphis it's LGBT ran it's an LGBT uh, organization they're going to be showing LGBT films and that was a comfort zone for it and so Indie Memphis was like okay it's broader it's, it's a bit bigger um, and then we'll get the opportunity to influence some people and impact some people that um, we might not otherwise been able to do if we just went out Memphis but I appreciate out Memphis and their support for it and everything yeah definitely
2: so um, how do you feel like after making this film and now you're seeing like you said you've got people from Africa and it was a story at that time I don't think it was hardly show I think maybe the only thing you might have had at that time was like what the L word maybe
0: yeah I think the L word was still, was still going during that time
4: uh Orange is the Yay. New Black was out too, wasn't it? Sixteen, yeah. That I was think first so. season. That was first season. So, so. First
1: season of Orange is
0: yeah, New Black. Well, sure
1: was. Sure was. Sure what? Yeah, it was out at that
0: time. But what was what was the question you so, said? How did I feel yeah, about Yeah, it felt about
2: the like the impact of it. Like like people who are not used to seeing people in the LGT, like LGBT community. They get they're getting to see them as people. They get see them as everyday people, see their lives. And the kind of the, like how do you feel about the impact that you've made making that documentary?
0: And I You know, I'm a wee person. I don't really, I don't do the eyes. Um, and so I, you know, I feel like the impact we made together as a team and especially them individually. Um, people, I mean, would make comments about just them as individuals um, and I would get the phone call or either see the comment, um, because, you know, I made sure all of their social media stuff was attached to it. They've changed some stuff since then, of course. But at that time, I made sure their social media and stuff was attached to it so that if people wanted to reach out to them, they could. And so uh, the viewers had an opportunity to reach out to them and not necessarily me. And that's what they did. Um, And it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, Like, I think there was a video of a girl crying saying that she felt like Ashton her whole life um and that she was ready to you know start her transition and she was sure that was that was that was yeah that was touching for sure um and then you know you always have the assholes and idiots to say you know what are they kill them they should be burning like you can literally see some of this shit still in the comments I probably should go in and erase some of this stuff but I feel like if I do that then it's not real. Do you know what I mean? Like people yeah. need to see what people are saying. You know, I, I I want them to see what it is and it's and it's wrongness. Um and to see how like where we, you know, were and where we've come from that and where we're still going as a community. And so it's important to still see that ugly. It's just kinda like the same with racism, right? Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things. But I felt, you know, like I couldn't believe it, you know, especially um with really no experience, you know, um and really depending on Victoria to 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 really help guide in some way. And she did. She did exactly that. Um and so yeah, that was, you know, I hadn't really had that type of experience with a documentary. That was the first documentary
4: I'd ever done. I don't Me even know too. if that was the
3: first one. Yeah. Yeah. But
4: we, well, we kicked that. We kicked that. <laughs> you we know what I'm ass. saying? We kicked that. No, I went I went into that project like, you know, not knowing. And, and and for me, that was good, too, because I was learning at the same time. So me going into the project, not knowing what was going you know, not knowing how it was going to go. I never done a documentary before. I, I just I just finished all these student films and projects and stuff like that. And that's the only thing I had under my belt. It was actually cool for me to go and us to do it. And me to you know for both of us to try to figure stuff out and put mm-hmm. stuff together and learn at the same time like that was a cool thing mm-hmm, for me mm-hmm,
1: you know mm-hmm. for for yeah. for for, uh, for me since I, I watch a lot of documentaries I think those are the best documentaries where the 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 person making the documentary is not trying to lead you or anything like that and just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. natural questions arise and you you get all this information or whatever and you determine what you want to take from it. You know, it's it's not a predetermined right, right. Uh, it's not a predetermined thing, and I I, I think yeah. I think that that makes for a better documentaries.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the thing what VA's not saying too is like the bonus on it was the fact that she just got it from school, so like everything she she learned, I knew that she was going to throw at this project, and the you know our personalities and the way we work and our work ethic match because we didn't know each other at all. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, to give her a certain amount of trust and kind of let her lead on some things and vice versa. You know, and so it was kind of like, hey, Flo, let's do it this way, da-da-da. You know, and I was like, okay, let's roll with that. You know, or I say, hey, you know, V.A., well, let me we try this this time? She's like, okay, let's roll with it. And I mean, and that lasted for a year. Like, I don't think we clashed the entire year. No. Nah. Ever.
1: No, but I mean, there's certain personalities. I mean, unless you're going to be like kind of rah-rah, you know, she's gonna leave right, it to your own right, devices. If right, right. yeah. you say something crazy,
0: but, but you expect difficulties, right? Like I expect for some level of difficulty, right? Not necessarily even with an attitude or you know different personalities, but you know it was none. Like everything was always smooth, and it, you know at least it appeared that way to me. Well, I mean, right. um,
1: Making a movie is hard enough. I, why? Why do people got to make it hard?
0: What, exactly. A lot of people got and I think a lot of that too was that it was our first time too, you know, doing a documentary. And so it was just kinda like, Okay, let's let's just do it. And that's what we did. I remember the time we went, I know you do too, Yeah, when we went to I think Ash film was getting a tattoo and we went to the tattoo shop.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like even things that, you know, it was like okay, let's go we're gonna film this at the at the tattoo shop. Okay. And because we didn't want everything to be in a room, right? We could have just said, okay, we're going to shoot everything. Everybody comes this day, this time. Uh, and then we're just going to have them in this chair. Now we want to get them like in their life. And and that's the importance I think of a documentary. And so she's like, Hey, you guys, we're going to go get a tattoo. You want to ask me a couple of questions while I'm getting a tattoo. And so that was what we went in, you know, saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to ask her these questions. And then it turned into a thing where the tattoo artist kind of was like asking questions too like questions that we didn't even think about right (laughs) and and, and that was an interesting thing and it was just like okay and we kept all of that in we kept all of that in
2: so like if you ever have you deal if you end up doing another uh, documentary what did you would you take from like lessons that you learned doing that first documentary like things that you would not do if you did another documentary
0: I'm taking you to shoot. <laughs> 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 I think so, but you know what? I say that now, hindsight. Like I didn't even have a problem with that, but now looking back, I probably would have, if this makes sense, having a bit more scripted, um, a bit if, if that makes sense, right? Make so a bit more, not even scripted, structured, a bit more structured, um where, you know, I just allowed them to call me to say, hey, I'm going to get a haircut, or hey, we're going to have a a party at my house tonight, or um, hey, I'm going to go get a tattoo, or hey, I'm out of jail, I'm at my mom's house this weekend, and I'm going to have my daughter with me, you know, but I think for what we were doing at that time, that's what we needed. We didn't need a structure like I would probably move forward and do. And I probably wouldn't focus on so many different I guess of the story probably would focus probably more so on two then uh, uh, we did four and then we had two additional um that was kind of interesting uh so yeah i probably or i probably would have just took both two out and just stuck with the four so yeah if i do it again which i'm actually planning on doing it again with uh, another friend of mine he has a really cool idea and um yeah that's probably what we'll do for that one and it's just about the history of a few different things in memphis and, um, yeah, it'll be a bit more structured, for sure.
2: Okay, now I want to kind of go on to this, your current project. So, uh, what motivated you to make election 2020?
0: <laughs> Woo, man. So, the political climate, the racial tension uh, in America, uh, as of the last four years, well, I mean, we've always had it, but the last four years was just a bit different. And um, just, you know, Working from home, you know, being blessed and thankful that I you know, was still employed and could work from home um, and continue also my business from home as well. Um, It was one of those things where I just had CNN on all the time. And so my wife and I, we would, you know, we talk politics all the time and um, we have a slightly different view, um, but it's not that much different. But, you know, I'm a bit more conservative than she is. And so, you know, we we just talking or whatever. And I think this was a time where um, I think it was early voting, actually, to be exact. And it was the first day of early voting. And I took my ass out there to early vote. And I also, as soon as I saw the line, I got right out. <laughs> I was like, Man, this is the first day of early voting. Man, and then it turns out it was like the biggest turnout in our team ever. You know, and I went the second day and it was a bit better. And I was like, you know, hey, let's let's, let's do a short film you know and it was really hey let's write a story Is really what it was you know you know let's write a story um about the election and we had actually sat down to write the story um for a white couple um and it wasn't until later on when we was like okay let's actually turn this into a short film um and, and and actually do a real script to this thing and I reached out to I think I like text VA and was like, hey, I want to do da-da-da-da-da, and I want you to be DP on this. Like, what's up? And she was like, cool, here are my available dates. And we went. And that's pretty much how that happened. Um, but but in that, in that you know, later on we revisited and I was like, you know what? The the relevancy of it is important to capture it now. And six months from now, I'm not going to say people aren't going to care, but is that story going to be as relevant as it is now? Right. right? And so it was just like, hey, you know what? I don't think I can cast the all white cast. I don't know a whole bunch of white actors or actresses. Now, I mean, I, I can go and find them, but I need to cast this thing now. And so I hit her up. At that time, I think I actually picked up the phone and called UVA and was like, hey, do you think this would be more interesting if we told this story as black Republicans?
4: And instead I said, of white hell yes. Have you ever seen a film yeah. with black Republicans? I have not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and,
1: and it kind of yeah. takes away that that whole like you know black people being a monolith thing, and, and, and yeah. you know there's a stigma associated with being other, even yeah. in, even in our class, right?
2: And mm-hmm. black Republicans are are somewhat seen as either ignored or they just feel like sell or Yeah, sellouts. Sell well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean
1: like it, it it's it's funny too. Like it's like it's not. It, it doesn't fit the narrative on either side, so they're mm-hmm. like castigated mm-hmm. by one side, and the other side mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you know, like like a trophy yeah, or something like right. that in, in some aspects. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I wouldn't I I would never say that I was a uh, like a uh, like you know that I probably leave more libertarian than anything, but even that kind of gets you like you know oh oh you're. You're different. It's,
2: I almost feel like you're walking on thin ice. You're,
1: you're different. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you want to come to this meeting? Like, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I don't. No, nah, I really don't.
3: I just <laughs> you want you to leave. To me. I just want
1: you to leave me alone.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh so like you were saying, like the the last president presidency caused like many divisions among friends, families, coworkers, cl- classmates, basically all types of social dynamics. So what what was it that you made you chose to use a husband and wife to tell your story?
0: Well, that's going to be a family. Um, Well, husband, wife, and child. They had a son. But, you know, I said we're doing this during COVID. They also had a group of friends, more than um, Mike and Denise, that came over during election night. And so realistically, I said, listen, you know, I'm a caregiver for, for my mom. Um, she's battling space for cancer. And so I'm like, I can't afford to get sick. Um, who's going to take care of her? And, you know, she can't afford to get sick because she definitely won't make it through it, I don't think. Um, and so it was just kind of one of those things where, okay, let's look at this picture. And then I talked into the AVA was like, listen, you need to try to keep this thing as small as possible. And I totally agree. Dawn totally agreed. And we just started chopping, you know, we just started chopping people off um um characters just died like then <laughs> because we didn't want to die. <laughs> so it was just like we need to make this this uh environment uh as safe as, as possible and so it just ended up being uh, a black couple that uh is having uh another black couple over uh for election night and we just kept it that way. Oh and then of course we had the, the visitor the knock at the front door um which uh, was Gloria played by uh, Sybil Presley. And so she, you know, was the only white person, and I actually like, I like that addition to the to the story because it kind of gave it a bit of a balance uh, to it, just a bit of a balance to it, and it made it seem more, a bit more realistic, I think.
2: So, how did you go about the process of finding your actors?
0: I um, did a casting call, and so um, I did a casting call online. Um, and I knew that we needed to be shooting this thing within a couple of weeks. Uh, I think it was like three weeks. Um, And so we did a casting call, and I just did everything online. They did their auditions online and everything. So they had instructions on how to download the audition script and um, how to do their video and where to send it. Um, And then, you know, they had a deadline of when they needed to have it in if they're going to audition, and we just went through them. And um, we went through them, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, this one should definitely be Erica, and this one should definitely be Samir. And yeah, so we had about, about 25 people, about about 25, almost 25 folks to actually audition. And it, it was a cast of five total.
4: Which they all worked out, you know what I'm saying? They all did phenomenal jobs, yeah. and, and, you know, mm-hmm. it worked out so well.
0: It did, it did, it did, it did, it did. And it's crazy because um, um, Erica, um, who plays, well, Katrina, who plays Erica, um, when I saw her audition, I it was like, this is Erica. And so I showed it to Dawn. I was like, this is this is Erica. She's like, you think so? I was like, look at this audition. You know, and she said, oh yeah, definitely. I said, I'm going to shoot it for V.A. And I, <laughs> I think I sent the video a screenshot or something to V.A. And I was like, oh, you know, I think I want this, you know, this to, to actually, you know, play Erica. And she started laughing, you know, she takes it back. She was like, that's my cousin. I was like, you lie." She's like, I swear to God. Yeah. I thought like, you serious. She was like, yeah. So I was just like, okay, yeah, this thing was definitely meant to happen. But yeah, it, it was cool. And it was like all strangers, you know, other than, of course, them two being cousins. Um, but, and VA and I knowing each other, everybody else was strangers and we had like, an awesome time you know, right it was all it, it was all
4: good vibes on the set you know what yeah, i yeah yeah
0: yeah all the vibes that's all the vibes
2: so like, how long as far as shooting how long did it take you all to shoot it
3: um mm, two
0: days so we shot it the 26th and the 27th the day after christmas that weekend um yep two days we, i mean we, we started at like what eight o'clock that morning and went to like one yeah The one o'clock in the morning yeah, i think both
4: that, that first day was like until like 10 or 11 i think the the second uh-huh. day I didn't leave until like one o'clock so it was two yeah. full days of um shooting
2: mm-hmm. and the shoot was uh for the most part a smooth shoot
4: yeah
0: what yeah it was it was it was it was it was uh hassle-free so to speak um we had a lot to do in two days but we literally came in got to work made sure everybody had enough food and snacks and you know and we had an area just for everybody you know with couches and stuff where they could just kind of like chill um cast and everything and in the crew we had our own space and I mean it was here's the thing is that initially it was supposed to be me renting an Airbnb, okay? And I did. It was, like, two, three days before the shoot that I got an email from them saying that they had to cancel it for unforeseen reasons, so to speak. Um, and so then we had to kind of like, okay, where are we going to shoot this thing? And so we actually ended up shooting it at my house. So I had to get that prepared quickly. and um, But it worked out. And you know what? I, I'm actually glad that we did it that way because it also freed up like coins for promotion and marketing. So I'm not I'm not mad about that. At that time I was just kinda like, what? Because at that time I think in a year, maybe VA had been the second guest <laughs> had home. Had <laughs> you know, and so literally we had just moved into this house like a year prior. Um so yeah, twenty no, so we actually moved in twenty nineteen. Um, and so the end of, uh, or summer 2019. And so, yeah, she was the second guest we had over, you know, and so to go from that to COVID and having like eight, nine, 10, 11 of us, you know, cause we had to cast in the crew. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, but I'm glad, you know, it worked out the way it did. And, and everybody was just super, super creative and humble. And it was like family. It definitely was like family.
2: Now that you have the, the project shot, finished, and pretty much pretty much done, so how, how are you planning on going about the process of cura- curating an audience for this film?
0: So what we're doing now is, you know, I was thinking of some video on demand stuff, but um, what we're going to do or what we're actually doing uh, is film festivals. And so we uh, released this thing uh, for the first private screening uh, was on January the 20th. And that's why it was so important for us to to get this thing done, to get it edited and everything is because that was inauguration. And so it, it was special for it to be uh, not necessarily released, but for the first private screening that day. And so we made it. Um, We had the first private screening. We had like over a hundred people to actually attend that. And that was really awesome. Um, And then we said, we're going to do film festivals because, you know, they have so many different strict rules and policies on, how it's premiered and where it's seen and is it available? And I didn't want for us to to um, be disqualified or miss an opportunity because, you know, we just kind of released it. And so I was very careful with doing that. And so we did a private screening on the 20th and that same day, the uh, Mid-South uh, Black School Festival uh, had made it also uh, official 2021 selection. Um, for them. And so that was that was the first film festival the same day of the uh the private screen. Um and then since then we have uh Prague uh has made it uh the Prague International Film Festival has made it a twenty twenty one selection and then I think it's the Golden Shorts uh film festival in Italy has also made it uh, a twenty twenty one official selection for them as well. And so we are still waiting to hear from everybody else.
2: So you're, you're telling your story about black Republicans all over the world.
0: Yes. You know what? And that's all I care about. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, I, I mean, that story isn't as familiar. Um, and you know, it's, it's a short film. It's 20 minutes long. Um, we wanted to kind of, you know, initially it was going to be about 35 minutes long, but we, we kept it at 20 minutes long. Um, and it's awesome. You know, we have our second private, uh and I think our last, but it's our second and last uh, private screening is going to be on uh, February the 6th, February the 6th. And so it's an all-day screening. Um, If folks are interested in seeing it, they can just go to election 2020, and it's election2020-movie.com, and then they can just send a request for the passcode for that day, and then they'll be emailed the passcode, and they can watch it as many times as they want. Um, and the crazy thing about it is that this second screening, um, a lot of folks from the first time are, <laughs> are signing back up to watch it again um, for the second time. And then that'll be it for a minute, at least for another six, seven months um, until we get through all the film festivals. I don't want to keep showing it. Um, and I'm really, you know, not that overjoyed and, you know, about trying to show it the sixth, especially with the Mid-South Black Film Festival showing it the twenty. 20- 2nd through the 28th. So I, that needs to be the last one so that it can do what it needs to do in the film festival arena about us, you know, constantly exposing it.
2: So it seems like you have a um, kind of neck for telling stories that aren't normally told. Do you feel like that's a route you want to go as a filmmaker?
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Controversial stories. Um, and And just stories that aren't usually told. Um, or maybe it's the story that we're familiar with, right? But it's not necessarily, we're not, you know, seeing a black cast isn't seen that way or in those roles. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I definitely want to continue on. And you know, I, and just some stuff that's thought provoking, just make people kind of think outside the box, just to be, not too much. You, you know, like, uh,
1: like, uh, not, not telling the, the same story the exact same way, you know, for, you know, I'm th- I'm th- I'm my mm-hmm. puff daddy now. I'll be like, yo, we invented a remix. I was like, there's something special. <laughs> wow, there's wow, something wow. special about like you know <laughs> like coming that, coming man. from a different <laughs> angle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah I, yeah, I, I tell yeah, people all the time, yeah. I live in a remix. <laughs> you live in the. <laughs> I, the rem- I I live I in a remix.
2: So um, I'm gonna end it with this uh, last question for you. For somebody that wanted to start started in making films, like what would you advise them?
0: To shut up and listen and be around people that know more than you, even if they're not that great, but they know more. Put yourself in a position where you're in a place where you can learn and watch and learn. Ask questions. Um, I tell folks all the time is, you know, if you have a story, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you got to start somewhere, right? Right. And so just start, Even even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it. But the biggest thing is to be quiet, listen, and and you know find you a mentor or find someone that has some experience, even if it's not a whole bunch more than you. But they have more than you, and it's it's a it's a starting point. Just start, just start, and keep going. It doesn't matter. Don't be intimidated. Keep telling your stories, and just keep telling them, and, and, and until you until you get to the place where you know it's like second nature, right? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is like, we have another film that we're shooting next month called Happy. Um, and so, you know, Tyler Perry, a lot of people have their feelings about Tyler Perry, but as a businessman and what he has done, um, you know, with his with, with studio, with his production company is an inspiration for me. And he likes to recycle talent. And so that's my plan is to recycle talent. And, you know, and especially the folks that are seen in election 2020 will be seen in many more to come of, of my work anyway. Respect the hustle. Um, I believe in loyalty, you know? And so I, I want to kind of stay loyal to the same folks as like actors, they have great, incredible talent and they have great personalities. I think that's one of the most important things. And then it'll also allow me to be able to grow as a director as well.
1: You, you know, maybe that's what you took from um, the, the stage piece, because uh, a lot of acting troops mm. would go from place to place. And you see, like even in Hollywood, there's like little, little, you know, little, little, um, uh, what do you call it? Little, little groups or whatever. People that, that kind of hang together. You mm-hmm. see, like this actor, this
2: director, they're always doing mm-hmm. that. Or, mm-hmm. or this, this mm-hmm. writer, this like director. Adam Sandler has his true.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like uh, even if you went mm-hmm. down to like the say like the Lonely Island, them cats.
3: Because mm-hmm. I,
1: I, I, I met the um, the dude that does the editing for uh, SNL. I went to one of the workshops up in Indianapolis. Oh and my man um he said he said man i would love to do their stuff but they're all in-house so they, they got people that they came wow. up with and they like yo we made sure to put our boys on
0: yeah i think that's important right yeah um because you know it, especially when you're like on the indie level right because like it allows you you know what you're you're getting yourself into and i've heard like so many horror stories like even with you know the cash for in 2020 they Like, oh, so, you know, you know, I went to this and it was, you know, crazy and disarray and everything was. And so, I I was, you know, listening to those stories, I was like, really? Wow. Okay. You know, and so I'm glad that I'm not, you know, headed that way. Um, But, you know, another thing I would say is professionalism like, be professional, you know, Um, keep that at the forefront, be professional. Get the, get the release design, you know, have a protocol, have, have some structure and, uh, and set a standard to early, early, early on. That's what people um, want. People will respect you. That's what people, people want. will respect you. People, people, yeah, people, they people respect you.
1: want that. Yeah. They want that.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Flo, I'd like to thank you for taking time out to talking to us, us today. Most definitely. Yes. It has been I a pleasure.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate the
2: invitation. Oh, no. It has been a pleasure. This is Kevin Mumphrey and Victoria V.A. Jones and Karsten Hype-Farguson. And this is (laughs) We'll Fix It in Post. And that is a wrap.